You want to start your own podcast, but you need an easy, low-cost, and powerful platform to use. Anchor is your answer. Anchor has dynamic creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor distributes your podcast for you, so your audience can find you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other popular platforms. And Anchor beats low cost. It's free to use. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place. Now that Anchor has taken away the obstacles and those excuses, you can finally get started on that podcast. After listening to this episode of Heroes Garage, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to begin your podcast adventure. This is Michael Coe from the Punk Rock and Politics Podcast, and you're listening to some of the best podcasts available on the internet, only on the No Phony Podcast Network. Garage. This is a weekly podcast where we review shows and movies. Bill, how are you doing today? Got a little cough. Got a little cough. You can hear it. You know what? I hope there's enough of a healthy voice there for us to to tackle this topic because it's a it's a series, an Amazon original series that you and I were not going to review. We right? Were, we were not going to review. Why weren't we going to review it? What was what was the reason? I, I I'm trying to remember. I know why. I know why, because we watched the first season and it was pretty much all kind of junky junk. Yeah. And we thought, well, why watch another whole season of, albeit different, not the same old superhero show that you're, you're used to and grown accustomed to. Um, why continue to watch it? But there wasn't a lot on. So I, I think I watched this series first and then you kind of, you watch. It, but we're going to be reviewing The Boys Season 2, the Amazon original show. Right. I think, um, and you, you definitely get to attest to this, is that it had a lot of buzz out there. It did have a lot of buzz, and a lot of people jumped on this and reviewed it like as it was being released. There right. was a lot of chatter and chitter chat going on. And I, for one, am happy we waited because we didn't fall into groupthink. We're going to no. provide a uh, unique um, critique of this. We are not going to be parroting what we've heard on Twitter and the latest article no. because we've let a little air in the balloon, I think. Yeah, because... <laughs> we're letting air into the balloon rather than out of oh, the no. balloon. <laughs> I'm all over the place. <laughs> I love how Tom can take an old saying and just reverse it. Not even know what I said. You had. I was like, "Wait, what?" 
Oh my it's like, gosh. It's the contrarian he comes out when we review this show because it's so contrary. No, well, that's I, I not think what about happened. what happened here with the boys was uh, crying didn't do the usual whole drop of a show. They're, they were following the HBO Showtime uh, approach where you drop the show every week. You, you, it's a steady thing. You're not letting people binge watch. And a lot of people got mad at that. And because of it, that's where a lot of the negativity of the show came out. Because people weren't able to take the first show and then tie it to the second show. Instead, they were forced to watch it as if they were watching, you know, TV, right? So, uh, and that ticked off a lot of, took off, they ticked off a lot of people and, and really, made a false impression of what the show was. Yeah, which I think is goofy and stupid. It is. Why is the biggest problem you have is that you can't watch it all in in one night? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're actually reviewing the show, if you're interested in the show, maybe they did you a favor, my friend. (laughs) We don't Uh, like being controlled. We want to have complete control of our viewing. We do. We do. Me too. So here we have the original cast of characters from the original series are back. We have Billy Butcher, played by Carl Urban. Huey, played by Jack Quaid. Uh, Homelander, played by Anthony Starr. Um, Annie January, by Aaron Moriarty. Queen May, by Dominic McElliott. Uh, A-Train, by Jesse Usher. Mother's Milk by Laz Alonzo. The Deep, played by Chase Crawford. Tommy Kippen, Frenchie. And then Kimiko Miyashiro, um, played by Karen Fukuhara. And Nathan Mitchell plays Black Noir, although you never see him. And then, of course, Elizabeth Shue, the 80s girl herself, played Madeline Stilwell. So... That is, uh, and then there's a there's a lot more. Aya Cash, uh, Stormfront, so she's a new character. So you have a a real good cast here. Giancarlo Esposito, who plays Gus in Better Call Saul. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, he's playing it. I mean, because we see him in Mandalorian too. So mm-hmm. he he is playing. He is being typecasted, so they say. You know, all the power to him if he can find a way to. To, to have a niche, a niche, then, you know, better, right. more power to them. So, Bill, where do you want to go with this review? Do you want to jump into the story? Do you want to jump into some other part of the credit? Or what do you want to highlight here? Well, I, I we didn't go into the directors because there's many of them. As a lot of these episodes we have, there's multiple directors. A lot of them took on two um, episodes apiece. A lot of writing credits as well. Uh, because there's, gosh, I think there's at least 10 people who have writing cl- credits. So you have multiple directors, multiple, uh, writing credits, which means to me is there, this is a big production. There mm-hmm. is a lot of money effort being spent to the boys. And as we've seen in, uh, boys one, you know, the twist in all this is the, uh, superheroes aren't really super, are they? And mm-hmm. uh, they are kind 
kind of the anti-superheroes, really. And that's what makes this really unique. Being selfish, self-centered, um, I, I would say driven by a madman in Homelander. Not really spoiling anything because this is the second season. And so the second season now is we were left with Bully Butcher on the lawn of his wife, who he thought was dead. And Homelander goes in to see that she is still alive. And guess what? There is a son. And Homelander knows that that son is his. So that's how it finished in the first season, where we pick off in the second season now. How is this going to um, begin? And that mm-hmm. now is the new story of Homelander's quest to purpose, I would say. Wouldn't you think, Tom? I would say that's Homelander. It's mm-hmm. um, as if he's already done everything, and now his purpose is to be a father. Yeah, that's one of the story arcs, is uh, Homelander's journey and his wrestling match with the idea that he is a father. Um, the other, and that's kind of a microcosm. I think there's layers and parallels going on here because you have this company called Vought, and they have produced right. this chemical that has manufactured these superheroes. And they, so they fill in some of the backstory in this season. And some of the larger narrative here is Vought trying to control that, that power in trying to manage it and a kind of the corporation versus the person that comes out in here that's one of the layers and the way i think homelander's arc with his son kind of parallels that is like what do you do you find out you have this this little child here to take care of how do i raise him what lessons would i teach them what do i want them to know about the world and in some ways vat is kind of doing playing that same game only at the corporation level what do we want the world to know about us what do we want the world to know about this special chemical that's created all these superheroes how much do we want to expose the world to all this they want to be in control and if there's a through line in all of this it has to do with this wrestling match around who is in control and who gets to be in control and what do we know about control bill uh, control to be a loose cannon, Tom. Yes, it can, especially in the hands of the egocentric. And I think that's what kind of comes out in this a lot. Is um, I do think that from a story standpoint, as we are kind of running around in a field aimlessly, but this field is the story, I do think that um, Homelander's character has a really interesting through line in this season. And yeah. to me is one of the more interesting parts of the story for me in season two well i think that he really is the main story even i think when you have the first season you know it's about the seven and you're introducing the bot and then the boys are there to go and expose uh, or even kill these superheroes and that's their mission because the butcher is on a mission to destroy him of what he's done to what they've done to his wife. And that slowly gets exposed in, in the second season 
that mission continues, but in a different way, in a different light, because you're right, you just opened it now more up into Vought and how it created superheroes, how the boys want to expose them on different levels. Uh, again, how does society deal with the superheroes, with this type of power, um, how uh, they are manipulated, and, um, you know, there's a lot of parallels into society and a lot of these politicians and media. It's very much um, tongue-in-cheek of how it is today, so you have that part of it. Uh, of course, every character that is in the show has their own storyline that really isn't necessarily a part of the big storyline. It's just what makes them interesting. It almost has kind of like these, I don't want to say, but I don't want to say stereotypical, but it's becoming a pattern when you have multiple characters, how all of these characters are going to have this vetted out backstory of who they are personally, and then what is driving it is this big plot of the corporation. So it's becoming a, a definite theme when you watch these movies or shows that have about nine episodes to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed it in this. Um, mm-hmm. If there, were, if I'm, so I think we're kind of transitioning from the story itself. We kind of tried to stay somewhat spoiler free of the right. what actually happened in the story, but as we transition over to the characters, who for you, Mr. Bill, was the most interesting character? Well, I have to say that um Homelander to me is uh the most interesting character and it's because um the acting job is just phenomenal. I I like it because we know who Homelander is. He's um, insecure. He's the strongest person, very immature, very driven. And Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander, I don't know about you, Tom, but I like it when actors put all, all their expressions in their mannerisms or their face. And you could always read Homelander's mind by his facial reactions. He doesn't have to say a line. You already know what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'm not talking about just the the feelings of anger and rage and those things, but how you can tell he's responding to what he's heard by what he does in his facial expressions. And to me, that's what really makes Homelander um, and his character so interesting. It's so beyond just his lines, his story arc. It's you really get to see deep into who Homelander is. And that's what I really like about him. I think there's some other highlights in this season. I think Butcher continues to be a highlight, played by uh, Keith Urban. I also thought Stormfront. I thought she brought what I thought was going to be not a stereotype, but I thought it was going to be um, pretty much plottable and expected. But it, to me, there were some twists in there, and I thought her she was, if if at all possible, I don't know how this she did it, but she did. 
she is even more unsanctimonious than anybody or anything that we'd seen prior yes. to that. Yeah. And, and uh, like, how did you do that? But she did it. <laughs> yeah, she was, um, you thought that she was just going to be another character in the show. And, um, she was not. And, um, she had a, she was very deep, very, and this is not making fun of the deep, not that deep, but as a character, she was deep. No, I think Stormfront, she, there, there are, you know, there's complexity there and they tie her back to the origin and she's got some powers too that make her almost like the Captain Marvel of this universe. She's pretty powerful. Yes. When yeah, you think she about is. it, she, she can kind of go toe to toe with Homelander in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, although these they kind of, um, they're bizarro characters, aren't they? Yeah, they're bizarro. Without being labeled Bizarro, but yeah, that is what Bizarro is. It's pretty much the opposite stay in yeah, the DC so, universe. So yeah, that's hey, a fair uh, comparison. Yeah, there you go. So, so should we explain what that is to our audience? Well, my explanation would be you just take Superman and all of his values and just flip it like a pancake, and you have Bizarro Superman. <laughs> you don't have a good heart. You don't have a, a selfless. <laughs> Mentality and value. You don't, you know, so you have a, an individual who is in service of, you know, evil things and not in service of the good of all humanity. Right. So you just take that, whatever is at the heart of whatever character, and you just flip it like a pancake, and it's the opposite. Right. And I would say that the other character who's still interesting to me is the Deep, and um, played by Chase Crawford. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, I think that he's, um, you know, just going through what he has to go through to make his changes since he was kicked out of the seven and his journey. And it is, I, I, I say the, it's the comedy relief in all this. Um, it does let you down or let you kind of off because the boys is really high octane, high pressure, high, intensity of everything because of just the subject matter um, that you have here. But the deep is definitely comedy relief. Yeah. He kind of represents that character who's not allowed in, but thinks that they have all the attributes to be in, which is really, really hilarious. If you think about it Mm -hmm. is because the deep, he's the one that has the gills on his stomach. Correct. Yes. Am I thinking of the wrong character? Okay. No, you are. I just gotta do a, little, right do a little reality check in the middle of it. So, you think about the DC comic character who is also in the Justice League, but nobody considers him to be one of the big boys, and that is Aquaman. It's a lot of parallels that is, they play here, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they do that all over the place. They do that with that. These guys are all egomaniacs, if we're being honest. They're right. all worried about membership, wondering why they can't be included in this elite club. They're all kind of fighting for their place at the table, and Homelander's at the head. And even Homelander is arguing and fighting to keep his place as the leader with Vought and Espinito's character. So it's all of that I found to be the most interesting part of this. And I think character-wise, there's some really interesting characters as well. As I move away from narrative and ask you an actual question... Was there anything in this story, and actually more about the actors within the story, 
that was a letdown for you? Any of these characters that you were hoping and expecting some growth or thought maybe there would be a different trajectory, it was just kind of the same old, same old, and it really didn't get any better for you? Yeah, I would say, um, was it Star? It was Aaron Moriarty. She, her characters, you know, remained kind of flat, I thought, um, mm-hmm. with her romance with Huey. And, um, that to me really didn't go anywhere like it wanted to. Mm-hmm. Starlight, I think it was, that was her character. I That's right. thought that that kind of, that part with Huey and, and Starlight actually took a back seat, I felt, to the other characters. And because Stormfront became so dominant and, um, and obviously with the Homelander too. Uh, and but Billy, so you have that, and that's what happens when you have all these characters, and you wanted you have to do something with them, you have to introduce them into their and continue their storylines. I thought that they considerably dropped off a lot with her, and and with Huey, even though there was a part of it that was consistent, it just mm-hmm. wasn't the lead. It wasn't really the forefront as it was in season one, because now, like you stated earlier, it's more about Vought, and it's all about the Seven and Vought, and these super heroes and Vought. So there's a shift now in the plot. So for better or for worse, that storyline drops off. Did you think Butcher's character continued to to grow and become be just as interesting as before, or did you think he took a step back? Well, yeah, because you're talking about Mother's Milk and Frenchie. They spend more time with them, right? And right. with uh, Kamiko, too. <clears throat> so I think that they cut a lot off with uh, Huey and then put more emphasis now in the boys, those three more, right? And uh, mm-hmm. Butcher's wife. And Butcher, um, his, his character is not as strong as this. And quite frankly, I was thankful. <laughs> okay, good. Because I, I, he was so obnoxious and offensive in the first season that I, he was part of it as I just can't take this character anymore. I just can't take his mouth. I can't take his, his ego. I can't take a lot of who he is being the driver of everything. It just, it was, he was just tough. And I'm glad they toned him down because it gave a lot more, um, uh, time to learn about Frenchie and his past and, and, um, Kamiko as well. There was a lot more that was going on that was, quite frankly, more interesting than Butcher rehashing his character and his quest. And all over again. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, I would agree. So let's transition towards the entertainment value if we're done talking about characters, Mr. Bill. I think so. Well, yeah, where would you put this entertainment value? Well, it's not everybody's cup of tea, is it, Tom? No, it's not. It's a pretty bitter cup of coffee for some. <laughs> it definitely is. And it's... uh. It's, it's a lot of over top that people may not be used to. Uh, heads exploding. I don't think anybody's gonna know that's a spoiler. But yeah. yes, you have a lot of grotesque 
um, things happening here um, that you're not used to uh, in your even for these guys they they took it even a bit higher I believe in their gore and so that was uh, very cringeworthy I, I felt um, mm-hmm. but needless to say I, it was entertaining. But uh, there was a, a, a definitely a lot here that made that can make somebody uncomfortable, and I felt uncomfortable in. Mm-hmm. Does that cover entertainment quality? I, it's it's kind of hard to say. Oh yeah, I just loved all the gore and everything. Nah, that made me a little uncomfortable. Um, some of the constant language eh, kind of makes me uncomfortable. From a story wise, love the story. Love some of these characters. Love Stormfront's twist in her. Love the side parts. Uh, but there's definitely elements here that was, uh, will catch you off guard and was very strong. But, uh, that's where a lot of the community loves the boys, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, it tracks back to the Garthinus, uh, comic book, The Boys, and it's playing off of this anti-hero, hero kind of parody. Dime. And in some ways, what you have with the boys is not as much. See, I've been th- you're going to tell I've been thinking about this since you brought it up 20 minutes ago. To me, I wouldn't necessarily call it Bizarro World. It is taking superheroes and pretending and just imagining that they didn't have all these great intentions. In fact, let's just right. imagine that they're just like us. And, right. That they're insecure, that they're anxious, they're worried. They're fighting for control. They don't want to let go. They're all trying to find a seat at the table. And in some ways, that's a microcosm with the problems that have been going on in, in our society for months. And so it's, in some ways, that's to me, that's what it's actually about. Now, is the intrinsic value the lesson that all this egocentric behavior is damaging? Is that a enough to overcome all the cringeworthy stuff because they really get a little psychoanalytic in their behavioral representation of the egocentrism mm-hmm. and they don't hold back in that and no. do we really need to see it i mean <laughs> uh, yeah I, I think what you're saying too is is in what the boys is not is it's it's not clean and it's not meant to be clean. No. And um, because the superheroes in the Marvel films and the DC films, uh, it's clean. Everything about it is clean. Where this is wow. not clean. Yeah. I'm sorry, Marvel, DC. It, it This is not clean. And, it, and it's taking that. And that's what people tend to like is because it, it's it, – but it's disruptive. Um you're not used to it, and that is it's different because, and that's what people like a lot of times is that this becomes different, and hopefully it doesn't become the norm because then the norm is way over the top and you can't top yourself up, right? I mean that's always that's what happens with the gladiators. That's a whole another review of horror and gore, but. Um, Good catch. <laughs> I can really get deep here, and I'm really trying to refrain. You can tell. I know. I know. You're like, I don't want to go into these rabbit holes. Like, I just, I can I just feel the wheels turning. Like, he he, wa- he doesn't. He wants 
you know, like, uh, so given that we're it's like fighting the, the so steer- many it's like powers it's like the the wheel has um power steering but all of a sudden the fluid ran out and now I'm moving the car wheel without power steering um yeah but i i, I think well, that's I a, yeah that's the whole that's the key here right of what the boys is yeah if i steer us back onto the road here let's give our final ratings bill what would you rate this thumbs up sideways down oh, are we done already <laughs> yeah let's let's wrap this up <laughs> okay it's uh i i liked it um it's thumbs up uh i think i liked it better than the first series actually and i think a lot of times and we have seen this is the first season is a setup for the second season right uh, look what happened with Hannah. Hannah kind of was all over the place, but man, season two was gold. And I, so I like about this one. I think this one was better than the first season. It, uh, the first season set you up for the second season. The second season had a lot more depth to it, uh, rather than some, um, two gangs, opposite gangs going at each other. And so for me, I, I liked it a lot better. And, um, it was, I wouldn't say easier to watch, but it was more entertaining. Mm-hmm. I agree. I thought this was a better, I thought the through line was better. I thought they connected the dots a little bit better. And I, I like the through line, um, mainly through the character, Homelander's character. Um, I thought it was a really, really interesting, uh, almost like a, uh, a case study in, Right. A, what it would be like for a person if they had all this power and what they would be wrestling with if they had also the human frailties as far as ego and the need to be important and the need to be acknowledged and all those things that run like a current through society today. I thought that was really, really well managed. Um, I will say the asterisk, and I think Bill said this as well, I don't think I'll be saying anything that Bill wouldn't also agree with and that is that there is a lot of cringeworthy stuff in here so if you choose to stay away from it just because you've heard it's extremely cringeworthy i wouldn't blame you i don't know that you can't you could probably gain this lesson in just reading a you know reading a book or something i don't know that you'd need to need to watch this but as far as thumbs up thumbs down i would give it a thumbs up yeah i would i just kind of i know we're wrapping up but I think a lot of this is um, ties to a modern day Greek mythology um, story, stories, and um, you know how the gods, each one of them, had their story and their lesson attached to it. It's just mm-hmm. that Homelander is more of the, um, gosh, Hades, I would say, rather than mm-hmm. Zeus. And, um, where they are bringing these characters because aren't the comic book characters really gods? Isn't that more of modern day Greek mythology is comic book characters, uh, where you have these are, are the more of the gruesome tales of the mythology where it just didn't work out well for our heroes. Yeah, absolutely. That's probably a nice way to sum up our perspective on this move on this series. Any final words of wisdom, Bill, before we put a bow on this? 
No, I um, I think we we uh, got through the show, and um, there's a lot to say. That's probably more in depth. That's spoiler ridden because there is another side to this that we could probably go on for another hour talking about it. Just it has a lot of depth to it. I'll just leave it as that. So for now and until next time, this is Ben Heroes Garage. Bye now. <laughs>